when when I went and got asked to go to speak in the village of Mento, right, you know, way up there, and, and I, man, I had never done anything like that before. I'd never spoken in a church before, you know, and I didn't know what to do, you know. I called my brother. He's a bona fide preacher dude and a really good one. But he's got the education and the certificate and everything, you know. So I said, what do I do, man? He goes, well, you just, you know, you pray and you read the Bible and you get yourself some concordance. I don't know what one of those was yet, you know. And you write some notes down and, and you preach, you know. So I'm like, okay, well, you know. So I get there, man, I way out in the, you know, way out the, the bush from Fairbanks, you know. And, and uh, lo and behold, I got one of them concordance things here. Have you ever looked at one of those? It's like a giant code book, dude. I mean, there's numbers and letters everywhere in the thing. I was like, holy cats, I can't figure that out, man. So I was praying, I was talking, I was trying to get God to talk to me, but he wasn't talking to me. I got the Bible, I'm reading the Bible, man. I'm in there, can't, I'm not getting nothing out of it. I finally just decided, to, I, well, I, I put the TV on, and in that, in that uh, village, they had one TV station. Mm -hmm. And that was that TBN. And it had the lady with the big blue hair, you know. <laughs> and she was on it. I thought, well, man, it's a Christian TV station. Maybe a God will talk to me through the blue-haired lady, you know. But he never did, man. And so I, I got up there Sunday morning and went to speak. And I, God did not talk to me yet. I did, I'm at the podium now, and I don't know what to do. So I told this crazy old story that was a before Christ story. All right. And when I told that story, three people got up and walked out the door. I don't know why that happened. Why? Why? But the moment they walked out, he began to speak to me, and I spoke to the people for like an hour. And then when it got done, they said, "Will you come back this evening and speak?" One of the cool parts of the story is that before we leave, they're gonna stand from Kenai to Mento, dude. You know that's a long, that's a long way to go, man. It's all the way to Fairbanks and go left until you think you've gone too far. You know. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And Wanda goes, "I think God's telling me to bring a turkey." I said a turkey all the way to Mento. I'm like, well, it's winter. It'll still be frozen. You know, so we, yeah. we get all the way to Mento, and they asked me to speak that night. And uh, and I said, well, you know what, man? My wife felt like God uh, told her to bring a turkey, so we would love to cook a turkey dinner for you guys tonight. All right? Well, in, in a village, that the word got around. And so that wasn't just our turkey dinner. Now we got a table full of food because people are bringing all this food. Well, you got to remember, I had told this before Christ story on a Sunday morning before the, you know, and it was an Episcopalian priest there. And so he calls me to his office and I'm like, oh boy, you know, and he goes, I just want to tell you some things that you're doing that, you know, was good and some things that, well, it just kind of got in the way of what God was doing. I was like, man, I did not know I had that much impact on God, you know, but all right, I mean, a man's been a preacher for 30 years. I'm going to go listen to him. And, and if he gives me sound advice, I'm going to say, thank you, brother. And I'm going to listen to it, you know, but if he gives me just a bunch of religious jive, man, I'm just going to smile and, and, and say, thank you. And I went and listened to the man, and I smiled and said, thank you. And I went back late that evening, and man, it was a huge spread, and all these people turned out for it. And, I, and, and again, man, I prayed, and I tried to look at that giant code book, and God did not. I watched a blue-haired lady again. Finally, I just went out and played with some kids in the snow, <clears throat> came back in, and when I walked into the podium, when I got to the thing, boom, he started talking to me. And I would just give out what was being given to me. I got all done, man. And I, and I walked in the back, you know, go check on my boys, you know, and the people are eating. And my wife comes in there and she goes, hey, uh, they want to know where you do an encore. I said, well, yeah, tell them we'll come back in sometime if God opens the door. And she said, yeah, that's the same thing I said. But she said, uh, the elder said, no, you don't understand. 
we are not going to leave. We want your husband to speak again. So you know if the elders don't leave, <laughs> yeah. this thing's still going. You know, <laughs> his eyes, they let me walk out into the room and see if he talks to me again. <laughs> might as well take a drink of water. And <laughs> <laughs> I walked out there and this little bitty girl, uh, Kim couldn't be much bolder than one of your girls, six, seven years old. She tugs on my pant leg and talks to me. And out of the little girl, God mm. speaks to me. And I wind up speaking for like another hour to these people. You know, I'm not exactly sure how much time, but they're all, and, and they're, they're coming in. Young people are coming in and they're sitting and listening. I get all done speaking and, and, and God says, go over to that young lady. I'm going to give you a word. Now, I've learned, by the, you know, don't argue with him if he says go, you know. I've already argued enough and almost got in trouble, you know. So I started walking to the girl. When I got to the girl, boom, he begins to tell me stuff about her life that there's no way I could know it. All right, man, the girl falls on me crying. I just hugged her and let her cry on me, you know. What I did not know, and I found out later, my wife told me, she goes, you know, that Episcopalian priest followed you all the way across that room. And he went back to Wanda and he goes, you know, I really have a problem with your husband. He don't even talk English proper. He didn't got no Bible. He didn't have a, he had a leather jacket when he's tattooed. He's got long hair. You know, he didn't do, he didn't do nothing right that a preacher's supposed to do. He goes, but there's no way he could have known what he knew about that girl, except that he's connected to God. And because of your husband, I've got to rethink 30 years of theology. You know? Nicodemus, sir. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so, you know <laughs> the adventure of following Jesus, you know. Yeah. I think those days are coming for you, brother. There's more, there's more coming there's for more. you. There's more. You think you... I believe that God never, st the, the people stopped recording and putting it in the Bible, but God never stopped writing his Bible no. and his prophets and, and his people that and his story with humanity and he's mm. still today he's still wanting to do what was happening back then same god yesterday today and forever mm. Can, uh, give me a little uh, let me give you a little side note in final note there uh my wife you know saying that god told her to bring that turkey all right when it got all set we i never asked took an offering never asked no money never thought to do that all right when it got all said and done that episcopalian priest wife and a couple elders came to us and they said this you're the first white man to come here and bring his family. She, he said, you're the first white man. You never asked our people for anything. You're the first white man to come here and feed our people. She said, every other preacher that has come here complained that offering was too small, complained that the, the lodging was not good, and, and that the food wasn't good. She said, you never did any of that and never asked for anything. And then they had, I still got the glove. I got these fantastically beautiful Athabascan beaded gloves with a beaver fur. Mm -hmm. and, and it turned out that was her, her husband was the Episcopalian priest. And he used those <laughs> when he drove the dog sled to deliver the mail. I got his gloves. <laughs> you know, <laughs> but they came and give all kind of gifts to my family as we were going out, you know. And uh, well, you were the first white man to ever do these things. <coughs> and the first white man to not do these things. I thank God for that, that, that God, you know, he, he just put that in me that it came out that way. Yeah. You know, that I didn't do like the other, you know, folks on your mm -hmm. reservation that, you know, they, they portrayed Jesus Christ in such a harsh manner. They spoke about the love of Christ, but didn't show the love of Christ, which is important to show that love of Christ if you want someone to listen to you. And... Preach it with your life. Yeah. Because it'll preach a lot louder than your words. 
They are watching, even when we don't notice they're watching. They're watching. <laughs> yeah, you sure got that right, man, you know. <laughs> Can I? I'll give you. Can I give you one more about like listening to God? And and it, this is one where I argued with him. I was sitting in this. This is one of the very first times that this happened to me. It doesn't happen to me all the time, but it's every once in a while. I'm sitting in this church, man, and and we're we're I don't know five six rows back from the front, and his preacher's preaching away, and I look over, and there's a blonde haired girl over here, and all of a sudden I see light shining off this girl, and all of a sudden stuff comes in my head about that girl. <clears throat> All of a sudden, the preacher stops preaching, and he calls that girl up to the front, and he tells her the stuff that's in my head. When he's doing that, I see this guy over here. Same thing, light shining off the guy, and stuff comes in my head about the guy. That preacher calls that guy out and tells him the stuff that's in my head. So now, when I see the next one, I took pencil and paper and I wrote down the stuff that's in my head, handed the paper to Wanda. When I handed the paper to Wanda, that guy called that person out, brought him up front and told them the stuff that was written on the paper. Every time I'd see one, I'd write it on the paper and hand it to Wanda. The guy would call him out and tell him the stuff that I wrote on the paper. You know, so this is happening. And all of a sudden to my right over here was this very pretty young lady and she dressed like a bank lady, you know, all dressed nice, suit dress thing. And all of a sudden I hear the voice. And the voice says, she come here tonight expecting something from me. I said, so give it to her. And the voice said, she's hoping he will call her out and give her a word from me. I said, so let him. And all of a sudden the voice said, he's not going to. You are. I said, oh, no, I'm not. <laughs> I said, that's the preacher's job. He's supposed to do that. I said, not really that. That's a pretty woman. I said, my wife see me talking to her. I'm going to get in trouble. I said, you trying to get me in trouble. You know? <laughs> Man, that preacher never called that girl up. She got up and she walked by me. When she walked by me, the voice said, if you do not give the word I give you for her, she will walk out that door and turn her back on me because she will think that I have rejected her and did not hear her cry. And he went just like this. He went, do it, boy. I'm like, whoo, he ain't fooling around, boy. <laughs> I got up. I went in the aisle. I stiff-armed a granny. You know, <laughs> I started weaving to the crowd, crowd trying to catch this girl. I'm like, oh, man, I'm in big trouble. You know, I finally got to the girl. She got stuck at the doors in the crowd. And, and right as I got to her, they, they opened enough. She started to step to and I tapped that girl on the shoulder. I said, hey, uh, I'm looking left and right like this because I don't want to get in no trouble, you know, because I think the preachers are supposed to do this, not me, you know. And uh, and I said, hey, well, I said, when you come here tonight, was you expecting something from God? And the woman lied in church. She lied and said no. I looked at the girl, boy. She said, well, yes, I was. She said, how, I, how did you know? I said, when that preacher was doing that thing, calling people up there, telling them, that, I said, would you hoping he would do that? She said, yes, I was. How did you know? I said, well, because God told me that you was. And he told me to tell you. And I tell the lady, and all of a sudden, the pretty lady falls on me crying. Now, I got a pretty lady on me crying. Now, I'm patting the going, oh, lady, please. Oh, get it together, lady, please. I started going, oh, Jesus, help me. Oh, gee, wait, he's the one getting me in trouble. Oh. <laughs> and finally, she got it together. Boy, got him off of me. I saw Wanda sitting in the lobby at the table. I went and sat down by her fast as I could, boy. And all of a sudden, here come that lady back. She got tears running down her face. And she said, thank you so much. Because I was getting ready to walk out that door and turn my back on God. Because I thought he had rejected me and did not hear my cry. 
Wanda looked at me, that girl's crying. She said, what did you do? I said, I didn't do nothing. <laughs> you know, so I guess some more of the fun and the adventure of, of following God. And, and, you know, he'll use you even though you still argue with him, you know. <laughs> and even the importance of the obedience yeah. to his word and doing that. Even, yeah. even though it took a do-it boy to yeah. me to get there. You know? <laughs> oh. If you take anything out of that part, don't wait for the do-it boy. You know, just just get it done, man. <laughs> just call your father, man. Because <laughs> he's got a blessing coming for you. You know, he's got a he's got something that's going to strengthen and encourage your faith. You know, I, the preacher on the radio on the way here kind of was saying, you know, well, you know, signs and wonders don't. Uh, what he said something like they don't increase your faith or something, you know. And he was using the guys wandering through the wilderness. They saw signs and wonders all the time, but they still complained. Yeah. You know. But I'm like, ah, man, I'm sorry, preacher, but I think I disagree with you, because I think the signs and the wonders strengthen my faith, because it makes me want to know him more. It makes me go from the place of I be I just believe Jesus. Who I go from where no, I don't just believe He is who He said He is. I know that He is who He said He is because I've encountered Him and experienced Him too many times to just say I believe. There's a cat in the Bible that said that too. Dude named Paul said, "I know in whom I have believed." Yes. Paul got to the place where he said, "I believed over here when he knocked me off that horse and blinded my eyes." But I'm gonna tell you what now, I know the guy who knocked me off the horse, and it's a whole different experience. You know, that's where the fun is. The signs and wonders are the water, but if you aren't cultivating that soil, it's just gonna evaporate. It's gonna dry right through. But if you are if you're rehearsing, if you're practicing, if you're turning into songs and stories, if you are commemorating that experience with God and that relationship and keeping it close and pertinent, then you never lose that. You've got a you've got a tree, you've got a garden. You can't look anywhere without seeing it. But if you let it all just slip away and all your focus is only on the day to day around you then you really are wandering through the desert, and no matter how much water falls. That's <laughs> right. I think, didn't you say somewhere was like a waterfall coming over you? <laughs> you know, well, if, you're, if you're telling that stuff again and again, you've got a constant source of the waterfall falling on you. You know, they, they overcame the devil by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. So, see, when you give that testimony out, brother, that Satan can't handle that. See, you're overcoming him because you're retelling of what God did in your life. It makes God more real in your life and lets the devil know you fighting a losing battle, boy. Mm -hmm. You might win a couple of battles, but you done lost the war. You see what I'm saying? And, and I'll let me tell you, there might not be nobody around, but let me remind you, Lucy, of who it is. You know, let me mind you of what he's done for me. Oh, while I'm minding you, I'm minding me because I'm opening the way for the waterfall to come. Come on, come on, pour it on me. If you're pouring it on me, then I, it's going to feel so good. I can't keep it to myself. I want to give it to somebody else. You see what I'm saying? There's a passage in, in Ephesians number 3, uh, verse 10. All right, if you read it, it, and it says in there, um, I, I can't quote it to you, but it said, Paul was saying, man, the church all right, is a sign to the principalities and the powers. Mm as to the, the the amazingness of God. Well, who's the church? That's us, you and me. All our brothers and sisters who in, who follow Jesus Christ, and so that's, that's the church. Well, who's the principalities and the powers? 
in the heavenlies. Well, you got to jump forward in the book. It says you don't war against flesh and blood. You war against principalities and powers. So that means that you and I as born again believers in Jesus Christ, people who have the repentance affected us on the inside so much, <clears throat> it's showing on the outside. You see what I'm saying? Well, it's got to be not just showing out to the people that will come in contact, but it's the principalities and powers and the heavenlies that are trying to rob those folks of the same joy, the same peace, the same love that you and I have encountered. You are assigned to Satan. You lose. You've lost this battle. You've lost this war. Because of my... Re God's up there going, ha, 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 look at here, Lucy. You see that redeemed life? You see my son who knows now that I love him, that his earthly father loves him, the relationship that I've restored? You see that redeemed heart, that changed life? Ha, ha! You lose. I whooped you on that cross. You're done for, boy. Just take a look around you. I'm shining everywhere, and you can't stop it. Whoa, don't shout me down. No. <laughs> <Thank you Lord. laughs>